Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. We're back in Revelation chapter 20. Um, This uh, chapter in the book of Revelation, it talks about this great millennium, this 1,000-year reign. Um, And we're going to be at verse 4. McGee has has us back at verse 4 today. We're going to be looking at verse 4 through verse 9 again today. And again, it is... In this this short segment here, it talks about a thousand years, I believe about uh, six times or so. Um, So it's really a lot of uh, reference to this period of time in a short uh, segment of Scripture. Um, So just to recap uh, where we have been, you know, there is uh, a way of looking at at uh, this future prophecy. We're again talking about a prophecy. We're talking about the end times of the of the world. As best I can put this together uh, for you, um, there are different ways, and different a lot of different scholars have tried to interpret this different ways. There is a millennialism, which uh, People just deny that this is thousand year period is even going to exist, and then there's something called post millennialism, which means it's a it refers to when Christ returns, and uh, these uh, f- scholars believe that Christ will return only after this millennium period. You know, this uh, period of a thousand year reign, and then there is a school of thought of the pre millennialism that Christ will return before. Uh, this uh, millennium period. He will return before the Great Tribulation to take his believers up with him, and they will be caught up in heaven. And then uh, af- then there will be this Great Tribulation period. And then after this Great Tribulation period, Christ will return to uh, the earth, and um, then you'll have this Great Millennium period, this 1,000-year reign. And that's what, um, that's what McGee's been teaching, and that's what we... Um, you know, uh, that's what we're uh, outlining here. So again, we've got a, an age. So just according to the premillennial uh, way of thinking that Christ will, you know, uh, come before the millennium period is, is going to uh, occur. 
So again, we've got the church age, and um, Revelation starts with Christ's uh, appearance to John, and the first thing he talks about is, you know, send letters to my churches. He's talking about the churches, and he doesn't talk about the churches anymore. And uh, so then um, we are, uh, the focus is not on the church. The, the focus uh, becomes uh, on what's going to happen after the age of the church. Now, um, what happens here is uh, we look at the first resurrection. That's going to be the resurrection of the saved. And um, we talk about the rapture of the church. The church, uh, the believers, um, would be resurrected uh, in this first uh, resurrection. And uh, McGee teaches that the first resurrection starts with Christ. Christ begins the resurrection. Christ leads the way. He has defeated death. He is the first one resurrected, and he's the first among many. Then the church will be resurrected, those who are in the body of Christ, and then the Old Testament saints will be uh, resurrected, and um, and then the tribulation saints. So this is uh, thought of as the first resurrection, and then the second resurrection will be later on. We haven't gotten to that yet, but those will be the resurrection of the lost. And so if we sort of take this premillennialism way of thinking, you've got this first resurrection, or it's been called the rapture of the church. Now... Um, to get a clearer picture of that, we go back over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 18. And they were talking about what was going to happen to the believers. So, um, when you read there, um, this is Paul talking to the Thessalonians. For the Lord himself, verses, verse 16 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven okay, with a cry of command, so he's going to be calling out with a voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So this is this first resurrection, and this is the group of people who are, uh, this is the, it's been called the rapture uh, of the church. So let's uh, develop this a minute. Uh, verse 17, Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the people who are... Uh, the Lord himself will descend with the voice of an archangel. Uh, so those who have fallen asleep, who are, who are dead currently... And they don't even call them dead. They just say they're asleep. They wake up. They come up. And so the souls, these souls will come up and meet the souls who, um, who are alive. And uh, we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds. So those who are living who are um, in the body of Christ will be caught up with the souls of those who are asleep to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Okay, so uh, this word caught up, when you translate it back to Latin, that comes from the word raptiro, and that's where we kind of get the word rapture from. 
um, because that comes from the Latin word rapturo. When you translate the Latin word rapturo uh, into Greek, it becomes harpazio. And then when you translate that word into English, it becomes caught up. So that's where the word caught up comes from. Uh, that's where the, the phrase rapture of the church comes from. It goes all the way back to the, to the Latin translation. Okay, so this is supposed to comfort us because we will always be with the Lord. Now, this uh, rapture, quote-unquote, of the church uh, comes before the Great Tribulation. So this catching up of the believers to be with Christ, and they're going to be with Christ for seven years because this Great Tribulation period lasts for seven years. And Jesus talked about the Great Tribulation. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, because Jesus talks about the great tribulation. So he says, For there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and will never be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. For the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. If anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the light cometh from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Whatever the corpse, wherever the corpse is, there vultures will gather. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Verse 30, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So Jesus names this great tribulation time in Matthew chapter 24, 21. As we saw, so this great tribulation period and is going to be. So we see Revelation six talking about it. The opening of the first seal by Jesus begins all these troubles on the earth. You know, this is the beginning of the great tribulation period. So Christ has already got his believers out you know, of the earth. They're, they're with Christ for the seven-year period. This is where Satan is kind of let loose on the earth. So this great tribulation period would have to be cut shorter. Nobody would survive it, okay? And we talked about these seven seals and these seven trumpets and these seven bowls. And so after this great tribulation period, then we see after the seventh bowl, everybody in heaven's worshiping now because Christ returns. And then you've got this uh, Satan, you know, is thrown into this, uh, you know, into this prison. And then you've got the marriage supper of the Lamb happening. That's Revelation 19, verse 9. And then you've got the supper of God, which is on the corpses of all those who've been defeated. And then you've got this 
period that now we're talking about, this millennium period, this a thousand year period, the great millennium. And McGee's always said the millennium could be like a, a thousand year marriage supper. You know, you've got the supper of the lamb, the celebration, the, the, the supper of the marriage of the lamb, uh, which is the bride and the bridegroom. You know, the bride is the church of the Lord coming back to the earth. And you've got this thousand-year period, and then after that, uh, Satan is let out of jail and causes more trouble until he gets put down. And so, um, and then um, we have, uh, so we have seen um, and, until he gets put down, and, and finally when he gets put down, that's the second death, that's for that's going to be referred to as the second death. And so um, the second death is not going to have any authority over those who've been saved. So you've got a first resurrection of the saved, and then you're going to have, we're going to get to a second resurrection of the lost. So when that occurs, you're going to have this resurrection of unbelievers, and that's going to be the judgment of the unbelievers. And the believers get judged too based on their deeds, but they're already saved. And then we're going to get to this eternal um, state. So that's sort of an overview as best I can describe it <clears throat> of this premillennialism thinking of, of outlining. And I think it goes according to scripture pretty nicely. I, I've, um, I'm beginning to understand this. I hope you do too. So let's take up verse 4. Now we're in Revelation 20, verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those who, whom the authority to judge was committed. And I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus, for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast nor its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. So these are people who have been, these are part of the first resurrection people. Again, we said Christ has already been resurrected. The, the, the believers in the church the, were taken up in the rapture. Their souls were uh, already with Jesus. And uh, <clears throat> you've got the Old Testament saints that have been resurrected. We see, we see them in the elders. We see some some of them as the elders already, and then these tribulation saints, uh, these 144,000 marked from the nation Israel, and some of these other you know multitude of of believers who've gone through this great tribulation period, they've been uh, resurrected. It looks like who have been believers. And then, because um, they've been celebrating, and we've been talking about that, and so it's a time of resurrection uh, when, as Christ returns. So uh, th now we've got um, the other people. He's acknowledging these other people who have been beheaded and who've been martyred during this great tribulation period. That's what they're seeing here, and um, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So these folks came to life. They're resurrected. And then it says, The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. 
So then there's a then there's a possibly other people who have survived the great tribulation um, after this. Uh, or, or or the rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were ended. Um, um, because as we see, uh, there's a first resurrection of the saved and a second resurrection of the lost. And so this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Okay, so that's what we want to be in the first resurrection. And uh, again, this is all of the uh, Christ, the church, the Old Testament saints, the tribulation saints is all included in the first resurrection. And then it says the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Okay. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. And this second death is when Satan is going to be put to death. Has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So this is his church, his um, his saints, his martyrs um, will be with Christ. Verse 7, and when the thousand years are ended, this millennium time is ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. And their numbers is like the sand of the sea. So it's amazing to me, and McGee said this too, that even with Christ back on earth ruling, you still have people rejecting him and wanting to fight him. And when Satan comes out, he's going to be deceiving people again. And then why would God put him in prison and let him bow? You know, I don't know. But maybe this is a way of God finally purifying the earth because he knows men's hearts. And this is the way he's reestablishing his kingdom. Verse 9, And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. Now, this beloved city may be a reference to Jerusalem here. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. Boom! It's like God's hand. I mean, it just shows you his total destruction, how he could handle sin at any time. But this is how he is going to ultimately handle sin. Verse 10, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So Satan, his false beast, his false prophet, and all they had deceived are going to be finally consumed by fire and thrown in and they will never going to get out. They'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. So what a picture here of prophecy. Um, this has been really powerful, this uh, chapter 20 so far, and we're still in it. But again, we're talking about this thousand-year millennium period where those who have been resurrected with Christ, this first resurrection, beginning with Christ, His church, those who have placed their faith in Him from the Old Testament, 
those who have placed his, their faith in him in the New Testament church and those who placed their faith in him and died through this period of this great tribulation period. All of these people who have been resurrected in the first resurrection were, are with Christ and are celebrating this period. So, we'll stop here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got, your insights from this teaching today. From me to all of you, God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 4 all the way to verse 9. So we take a few steps back to verse 4, because in our study yesterday, we ended at... Um, verse 6. So Dr. Javon McGee felt it prudent to actually just explain in a little bit more detail um, from verse 4 to verse 6. And scripture reads from verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed on them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such. The second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So the first resurrection is of the saved. <clears throat> Basically, that's what the first resurrection is talking about. And then the second resurrection is of the lost who are raised for judgment. So um, it, it's, it's like it it's falls under the same... Um, the same, uh, you know, class of like resurrection, because first we have Christ's resurrection, then the church resurrection, and then, uh, sorry, Christ's resurrection, then um, there's the church, and then there's the Old Testament saints, and then there's the tribulation saints, but those all fall under the first resurrection. So in verses nine, in verses, uh, in nine verses, rather, sorry, that's from verse uh, one through nine, we have the word thousand years, thousand rather, the words thousand years, repeated six times so it is of great importance if it's to be repeated so many times though you know it tends to be trivialized but it is of great importance that's why it's actually repeated six times the thousand years the millennium the, the millennium so verse four let me just read it again it reads and i saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them then i saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to jesus for the word of god who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So this is like any other prophecy in scripture. As Peter had actually put it in Second Peter 1 verse 20. And it reads, Knowing this first, that no prophecy or of scripture is of any private interpretation. So one can't just lift out this particular verse that I just read. That's uh, verse four um, of scripture and base a doctrine on it. 
one needs to have, you know, a corroboration of other scriptures. So when the passage here, this passage, verse 4, is treated as, um, you know, a dignified statement of literal facts, it becomes reasonable and it fits into the entire program of prophecy and the entire program of God that we have been following. So if this passage is actually reduced uh, in meaning to symbol, you know, to symbolism and spiritualism and it becomes, it actually becomes as absurd and it's, uh, and to spiritualize it would actually mean um, stripping it of its vital meaning. So the thrones, the martyrs, Jesus, the word of God, the beasts, the image, the mark of the beast, the thousand years are all literal. And they, they, they are not to be spiritualized because, you know, it actually becomes absurd You like the, if the literal meaning is actually removed. So when God says a thousand years, he actually means a thousand years. So God can say what he actually means to say. So let's not spiritualize literal things and distort the meaning. So the word of um, the word for resurrection here is the same word that Paul used in 1 Corinthians um, 15. Um, you know, and it's stated for the resurrection of Christ in believers, um, a bodily resurrection. And he actually, sorry, the resurrection of Christ in believers. This is a bodily resurrection. So here it says, I saw thrones and they sat on. Um, sorry, I saw thrones. They sat on. So uh, let me just read that. It says, then I saw, sorry, and I saw thrones and they sat on them. So who's they? So here, uh, it must be according to, you know, like according, sorry, not, not it must be. According to Dr. Javon McGee's conclusion, the total number of those who have been part, the they is um, the total number of um, those who have been part of the first resurrection. And that is the church, which began with Christ. So the first resurrection began with the resurrection of Christ. Then there is the resurrection of his church before the great tribulation period as seen in Revelation 4. And at the end of the Great Tribulation is the resurrection of both the Tribulation saints and um, the souls of those that have been beheaded for um, the testimony of Jesus Christ for the Word of God. So the Old Testament saints in Daniel 12.1, which reads, um, okay, Daniel 12.1, it says, At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was seen there what there such as never was seen there was a nation even at that time and at that time your people shall be delivered everyone who is found written in the book in the book <clears throat> so the tribulation saints will actually reign on the earth with Christ. So the church, which is the bride of Christ, will reside in the New Jerusalem where she reigns with him um, in that exalted place. <clears throat> so here in verse 4, it's also said, it also reads, they shall be priests unto God. So this refers to the entire nation of Israel. And this is uh, God's original purpose for Israel. And we have this in Exodus 19. Oh, sorry. Um, in Exodus, just turn to Exodus. We have this in Exodus 19, verse 6, <clears throat> which reads, um, And you shall be, um, you shall, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Um, these are the words which you shall speak 
to the children of Israel. <clears throat> so um, here, Abraham was a priest in his family. Levi was a, uh, a priestly tribe with a family of Aaron serving as the high priest. So in scripture, the kingdom was the theme of the Old Testament. So it talks about the kingdom, the kingdom, like all the prophets talked about the kingdom. And scripture goes on to read from verse 7 to 9 um, of Revelation. Um, now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand is as the sand of the sea. They went up to the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So just as Sodom and Gomorrah uh, went up in smoke, this is what's going to happen to Gog and Magog. So this is the last rebellion of the last the last rebellion of Satan and man against God. So the millennium is a time of testing of man under very ideal conditions. And as this passage actually states, as soon as Satan is released, a great company who had been under the personal reign of Christ under ideal circumstances, they go over to him. So this company of people came, um, you know, it's multitudes of people. And this company of people, um, it comes from, you know, the, the, the people who entered the millennium and, you know, the millennium and the people who are actually born during the millennium. So the millennium, uh, who are born actually, so yeah, sorry, during the millennium. And if we turn to Isaiah 11, 6, it reads, um, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the goat, with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the, um, and the faulting and the fatling together and a child shall lead them. So, you know, it's going to be very great ideal conditions in the time of the uh, thousand years. So here we will have a great population explosion during the millennium. As the conditions are going to be very ideal, you know, there's going to be no disease. The curse of sin would have been removed. There's going to be food, food is going to be in, in abundance. But the human heart still remains unchanged under these circumstances. And it's very surprising because people will still turn um, and follow uh, Satan, which is like really shocking because um, God provides all these ideal conditions. You know, the dark days are over and um, people... Uh, when Satan is released for a short while, they will turn and follow him. Um, and this is um, one of the last tests uh, before the eternal kingdom. Um, the tests of um, the human heart and people. And, um, and this is going to be like uh, the final test to see, um, you know, the human heart if they've actually... Um, turned in truth and in faith to christ yeah so this is um our teaching today thank you all for listening in god bless you all and have a pleasant tuesday bye bye